Hey, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we start this next episode, I have a quick question for you. How do you feel about being subpoenaed in your private practice? If you have any fear, sense of dread, or worry, you are not alone. Please join us for our upcoming training with Nicole Stoller-Peterson on mastering your subpoena process in private practice. It's going to be an amazing training to help build your confidence, to help you serve your clients better, and to take out the guesswork when it comes to being subpoenaed in your private practice. All you need to do is go to zinnime.com and check out the training there. You will also get a recording if you sign up. We can't wait to see you there. Hey everyone, welcome to Starting a Counseling Practice Podcast. This is Kelly, one of your coaches at ZinniMe, and today I'm joined by one of our team members, Michael Vargas. He is one of our accountability coaches, and I'm really looking forward to a little deep dive with him today into accountability and therapy. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Um, I'm excited to, to be able to be here and chat with you and get to kind of share with the, the people who are listening a little bit more of what we do here, a little, little sense, a little taste, a little flavor. A little something, something. A little something, something. The reason we've been doing this series is that there has been a long misconception that in order to serve our clients, it's just me and Miranda, maybe an assistant. And that was the case for a long time, but in order to grow, we've had to create a team um, to expand our services. And one of that, those services has been our accountability coaching through our The Accountable Practice um, program, which we call TAP for short. You know, we like shorting, shortening, shorting, shortening. Make things small, big Make things small. small. <laughs> and you've been, you are our first accountability coach. And when you're doing something new, let's talk about that for a second. When you're doing something new and you're coming in with, we're kind of, we have an idea of what it's going to look like. We've got some kind of boundaries and scaffolding around it, but it's evolved over time. Can you talk about what that was like for you to start with a concept, be the first to kind of forge that path and how it's evolved? Yeah, I, I think what going through things like that, I kind of knew going in, this is a big experiment, right? We're going to get to come in, we have an idea, and we're just going to see how things go. And I kind of like being in environments like that. I, I like being in the space of creation and exploration. Um, and I really appreciated how you and Miranda did that. Um, throughout the process, it was really just us getting to do what we did which was, you know, for me, really getting to meet one-on-one and helping people keep more accountable. Um, I think along the way, what we've done a really good job of is looking at, okay, where, where are things not clicking? Where are things not moving? Where are things feeling stuck? Where are things that were not providing great value? And we've taken time to really look at, okay, how do we start? We got to meet quite a few times and say, hey, this isn't feeling right. This isn't feeling right. This is what other people are saying isn't feeling really good for them. And so getting a better space of that. And I think what we've done over time, the biggest change 
is really figuring out how to be much more of a whole unit working mm. together. In particular, mm-hmm. like you all have the office hours and the monthly Q&A. Then you also have these other resources that are exclusive to TAP along with me, along with a lot of the tools that we use. And I think we just have a better synergy of it. Um, even small things of like the Asana. Mm-hmm. Some people love the Asana. Some people, it drives them crazy. But what we've really come to realize, it's not about the tool itself. It's about what does the tool provide? Mm-hmm. And so we keep going. I think we've done a really good job of getting more clear, more specific of not getting worried about the, the kind of functionality, but more what is it, what's the experience that we provide and the outcomes that they've gotten. And I feel like we're continually, I've done a lot better, or we're continually doing a much better job of that. And we've come a little bit of a way since day one. Yeah. For those of you who are listening and we're like, what's Asana? That's what the organizing project management tool we use for each of our clients in the TAP program so that they know exactly what they're working on week to week and they can see how it contributes to the larger vision. Everything is kind of connected and flowing. And I think that any component, for those of you who have been thinking about, maybe I'm gonna do a course or maybe I'm gonna do a retreat or these other things, even in your services as a therapy practice, you're always thinking about how does this connect to the bigger picture? Why do this? Because there's tons of things you can do in the world, but there's limited resource (laughs) and you got to focus on what you do best, you know? And one of the things that I really like doing and helping clients with is really making that connection to the bigger picture and staying on purpose and doing what's essential, cutting out the noise. Mm -hmm. So when we were creating the program, that was going to be a component. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's a, I think that's a really helpful component because it's so easy for in, including myself, for us as humans to kind of let go of that bigger picture, to let go of the why, to let go of here's what I'm going to say yes to. And here's what I'm saying no to. And it's so easy for these bright, shiny items to come in our way and be like, <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, I like that. And what this t- Again, it's not necessarily the tool, but what it provides is the ability to discern, Yeah. to say, this is specifically what we're going to focus on. And we know we have these other options, but we're saying no for right now, at least, so that we can get you to where you actually want to go with focus, diligence, diligence, and purposefulness. Yeah. And I think that when we're, whenever you're creating something, You want to make sure that whatever component you add to that offer, therapy or treats or whatever, that it connects to a greater purpose of like, what is the transformation you are seeking to provide? And what are the steps that are going to get you there? And over time, we realized, oh, this is not necessary. Let's Mm -hmm. scrap that. Hey, Mm -hmm. we want to improve this. And so it's an ongoing refinement based on a feedback loop between you and us as mm-hmm. coaches working mm-hmm. together and then our clients providing that feedback as well. Right. It's an ongoing conversation, just like we talk about outcomes conversations for therapy. We're doing outcomes conversations for programs and how we are of service. And I think accountability coaching has been this 
it's not been a big concept in our niche of mm -hmm. mental health professionals. And so wrapping the language around it to define it, how would you define accountability coaching? Well, I want to talk a little bit about what you said about the oh. context in which we're in real quick and then go to that. So yeah. who we work with are people who are looking to serve others, mm -hmm. people who want to show and help support and be there to help people move through whatever it is that they want to move through to have a better depression and so on and so forth. And that's who we work with, which so grateful we get to work with people who create impact every single day mm. and in that space there's a very specific skill set towards that and so now we also work with people who want to grow a business we work with people who want to get to really do the work but also in a way that feels really good for them and that's a whole nother skill set a whole nother experience and what I think accountability coaching really helps with is those people who are not very familiar with or feel uncertain about how to really go about creating the business and keeping to it, keep sticking with it. And that's what the accountability coaching is there for. And, you know, one of the things that it's there for is to help people continue along this journey of creating something that they've probably never created before, that they're scared of creating, that they're feeling uncertain, that they're feeling frustrated with. And we keep you, we keep you accountable and saying, hey, you're doing great work. You're moving forward. Look at what you've done. Look at what you're going to get to do. Remember what you're doing this for. Remember you're doing this not only for you, but for your family so you can have a sense of freedom and keeping you on the tracks Instead of saying, you know what, I'm just going to give up and I'm going to go back to community work or wherever that may be. And I think that's a large part of accountability and the program helps with is keeping you moving forward through the hardship of being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and still providing excellent service for your clients. So I think mm -hmm. that's kind of like broad strokes, a lot of what accountability coaching and the program helps with. What do you notice to be some of the common themes around why people don't move forward? Why do they get stuck? I think there's a couple of themes. One, people don't know, so they freeze, right? They don't know how to write a blog. They don't know how to update a website. Um, so it's kind of this, this lack of knowledge and information. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily, uh, let me rephrase that, not lack of knowledge and information, lack, lack of experience right? Lack of experience of doing those things. So they feel uncomfortable. And so it's kind of like a freeze moment of, I don't know how to do this. I, 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 I want to do it right. I want to make sure, you know, this is, this is done correctly. And also within that, there's another part of, as therapists, there's a lot of, you know, helping other people, making other people talk really. And so now it's your turn as a therapist, as an entrepreneur for you to speak and for you to share what you mm. think and feel. And so that's a very different thing because of being in the chair of listener, reflector, and so on and so forth. So I think that's one of the, the, the big uh, common challenges. Um, I think another big common challenge is just that it takes time and having patience and grace for oneself through the process, right? Allowing yourself to do the work 
and do the work and see little results and it can be frustrating. And what I've seen very fortunately over time with a lot of clients is as they go through that, then they start seeing those things of success. But it's hard when you're not seeing the immediate success at the beginning when you're doing the work. So I think that's mm -hmm. another challenge that people have. And that's the beauty of the accountability coach. Like, hey, you're doing the work, you're doing the work. You're not seeing the, 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 the fruits of your labor just yet. But those who do continue on and those that we continually support, we do get to see the fruits of the labor, small, medium, and then big ones. And that's just so much fun to celebrate. So those are a couple of the, the some of the like broad stroke challenges that I see while people experience going through the process. Yeah, I think some of that is kind of a trauma response, right? Like the freezing uh, that mm -hmm. like, uh, I, I feel immobilized. And then also that whole perspective. Um, it helps to have someone else hold the bigger picture when we mm -hmm. can't which is a replicated experience of what their clients go through because they're sitting there with their client holding a bigger picture, seeing the progress when their clients are like in pain or frustrated and wanting this to just be over, whatever it is that the struggle is. Mm -hmm. um, it can create a lot of empathy. I know I'm wearing a shirt that talks about empathy today. It's an it awesome shirt, by the way, everybody. <laughs> we were talking about it before we, we started the podcast. I just love it. It says empathy is more rebellious than a middle finger. A friend <laughs> bought it for me. Um, it. And I, I think it's really interesting when we lean in, get uncomfortable, and we are seen um, by another and held yeah. by another. And when you talk about that idea of being seen, we kind of hit on it, but as, as you know, I, I also have a master's in clinical psychology. I mm -hmm. did a lot of that work and I remember it, it's, it was a lot of, you know, it's not about us as therapists. It's always about the client. And when you're an entrepreneur, it starts becoming more about oneself, oneself to build and have more capacities and to be seen and heard and for your voice to come across through the internet and to have an opinion and be vocal about it is something that can feel really scary. And that's, I think you and you and Miranda also do a great job of helping people get through that of like, people need to hear your voice because there's so many people that don't know how to necessarily access a therapist through insurance, but they can read blogs. They can go on YouTube channels. They can look at video content. And that's where you can have a voice and help other people be feel seen, feel heard through what you create. And so even getting people to kind of feel that and they cognitively know, but then the experience of creating it, there's that, like you said, that freeze and that flight type work, but that's going to even help people so much more when you get your voice out there, which again, is a very different type of work and skill set for a lot of therapists. Right. It's a different kind of visibility. Mm -hmm. It is funny. I think maybe that now that you're bringing this up, I think that that's been one of the biggest adjustments in moving from my therapy practice into coaching is the visibility piece. It's something I even struggle with of how much do I want to be seen? How much do I want? Because sometimes people can come up to me and act like they know me and I'm just a little, <laughs> it's a little, uh, uh, we were, we had 
Miranda had like a, a get together of a bunch of her friends and from different areas of like her gym and um, acro yoga and all that. So we get together and we're in the backyard and a guy says, I know you. And I was like, I know you don't. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I realized I don't like thinking about who sees me. Like even yeah. now, as we're recording this podcast, I am aware that other people will listen and I want them to hear you. And I am totally ignoring the fact that people will be hearing me. And so it's just interesting as a coach of like, I have a lot of empathy for that place. And it's something I continue to lean in on and grow in. And I'm still sorting through as to like what parts are visible and what parts aren't, you know, like just even simple changes of like, how much am I really posting on social media and why I don't really post about my child, you know, privacy stuff. It's just, it's an interesting area of growth because I picked a profession where it is about me in terms of that relationship, but the, the focus is on the other, Right. you know, I am used, I am a tool, I am a conduit. Um, but the, that focus is on the client. It's very interesting mm-hmm. kind of stuff to think about. And that is something my own coach and my own therapist actually have been working with me on. It's that visibility piece. And what does it all mean? And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that where, um, you know, even lately with the, with the content that I'm trying to produce, I, uh, I'm trying to, again, it's like, as we create this visibility piece, it's okay. I'm going to show 12% of me and then 20% of me. And, and that 20% is going to be this specific thing. And I, and I realized like a lot of the, the content that I was producing felt like to me kind of dry. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't me. So then what I now do is I edit it, but I add a whole bunch of like gifts and memes that are funny and playful because that's <laughs> a big part of who I am yes. and it's not coming across, but that's me. And, yeah. you know, some people might say, whoa, that's not the most professional thing if you're going to work with CEOs and things like that. But I don't think that's fully true. I think it makes me more human and yeah. more relatable, but it, it's definitely, you know, and then my humor can be very different. And so elements of the humor. So slowly figuring out how much do I show and over time getting more and more comfortable with that is definitely a work of progress. Yeah. I think that's the other cool thing about you as an accountability coach, having your own consulting business and things like that, you do understand that entrepreneurial journey um, and what that's (laughs) like. And so uh, again, that heightens the empathy and the attunement with your clients. For therapists who are listening, um, I know we've kind of talked a lot about accountability and all of this. What do you want to encourage these therapists who are listening who might feel stuck? How, what would be something that you want them to know? Sure. And I think a lot of times people, for the most part, have a sense of what they can do, but they just feel stuck actually doing it. So one thing that I actually work with a lot of clients on, and they found this very, very, very helpful is what I call the diamond method. It's pretty simple. Let's say you want to create one piece of content, one little blog, 
one something where you're putting out your thoughts out there and you're feeling stuck with it. Well, first step is to allow yourself to create whatever that is with freedom, no judgment, openness, curiosity, exploration, and you're just opening the possibilities of what you want to create. And know that you don't have to post a single word of what you wrote. You don't have to post a single second of a video that you might have created, but it allows you to go into the space of creation and doing and moving forward without the worry of judgment, of of that fear of anything. You're just getting to be in a space of creation. So allowing yourself to do that freely, whatever that is, and get to do it for you. And then when that's all out and done, then go back to it and say, is there anything here that I actually do want to post, that I want to share, that I want to bring a voice to? And you can go through what you have created and then you could start making a choice and then you start closing in being more specific of what it is that you want to share. So open freedom, non-judgment. After that's all out, then you start being a little bit more specific of what do you want to create and share. And I found like a lot of people have said that that process has been really helpful. I love that. Well, thank you for being here, for sharing just your heart and your presence. I love having you on the team and um, I'm looking forward to this next year in TAP as well. And if you're listening um, and you want to check out more about TAP and the other programs we have, we're going to include some links. You can always go to zinnime.com slash free. There's tons of information there too, but it's been great. I love connecting. Me too. This is, this has been fun. Thanks for having me and allowing me to be a part of the community. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next time and thanks for listening. Bye everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Starting a Counseling Practice podcast. Just a reminder, if you want some support in your private practice, we have an upcoming free training on creating a subpoena process. So check it out at zinnime.com and we'll see you next time.